With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 77. Let's roll. And what a week we have. I mean, I, I've, got a, I've got one of my favorite people in the space, uh, someone that I've been trying to get on the show for, for a long, long time. I am so excited. Uh, to finally get to talk with and pod with this person. I have none other than the Podfather on the show this evening. Well, today, this morning? Wait a minute. I'm I'm all messed up. I usually record at night, but for the Podfather, I'm here at 9 a.m. recording for, for Mr. Matt Woo! Kelly. So without further ado, bring him on. Where's Matt Kelly? He, he's he's itching. He's ready to go. What's going on, Matt? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Good morning. uh, Caffeine fueled podcasting is my favorite. So thank you for accommodating me. And it looks like we have a lot to talk about. It's unbelievable, man. I was like, okay, so, you know, I'll have Matt Kelly on. It's a great time, man. I'm so excited. Combine, you know, player profiler does all the great, you know, work. Yeah. It's so much fun. Prospect talk. And then. Boom! All of the, I mean, just one bit of news after the other, and we're gonna try and just go through some of it and what it all means. But man, I I want to hit Brees. Who doesn't matter? Who knows? (laughs) No one cares. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson. There's so much going on. Free agency, like the combine had like a day. It, it, literally, literally a day. And it's like, move on. Yeah. Let's go. It's unbelievable. I've never seen it like this. But the one thing I wanted to hit real quick was just the Calvin Ridley thing. Mm. I, you know, I think, you know, if you have a podcast, you're you're obligated to mention it. But you know, I, had a, I had a little bit of a take. I was just wondering what your overall thoughts were on the Calvin Ridley situation, if you had any. I you know, am upset with him for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, you know, the nascent sports betting industry in the United States didn't need this right now. So there's that. And number two, anyone that's dealing with mental health in their workplace, uh, where they're either considering coming forward with, with what they believe to be a a mental health related issue and want to seek treatment or want some sort of, you know, genuine response from their coworkers, uh, their family, you know, this does their, them a boss, this does right? them a disservice, right? Yes. In that it seems yes. to me that he decided it would be convenient to throw this out there as the reason, even though there's a lot of other things going on mm-hmm. that were certainly more nefarious than just needing to take a break, a mental break. This was more than a mental break. 
Um, and so he's done a disservice to a lot of people with this, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. But yes. it is sports. It, we, we can't take it too seriously. And he is clearly not emotionally as uh, well positioned as a lot of other athletes, knowing that there was so much money at stake. The fr- he had the fifth year option this year, and then he'd be either franchise tagged or he'd get a big extension, a, a Mike Williams plus extension that was all there for him and his family. And for him yes. to make such a catastrophic mistake where there are signs up everywhere and, and you can't avoid the knowing that as you're opening that app and you're placing that bet, you're making a mistake. You're taking a huge risk to risk it all for what he said was $1,500 um, speaks to you know a, a lack of emotional intelligence that probably stretches back to his childhood. He didn't end up graduating college. Uh, until late in the game, he didn't end up going to college until age 20. So there's probably a lot of things at play that lead yes. a person from birth to where he sits now, uh, which is out of the league for the time being. And in Dynasty, these things not only affect single year production, like, okay, we're going to get a zero from 2022. It's also a signal that he's not wired the way that the wide receivers that endure in this league are wired. So this is, this is bad. This is bad. Yes. So it, <laughs> yes, it's not it just yes. that we're losing 2022. No. You, you knock that out of his lifetime value projection. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. And that's why on our dynasty rankings, he cratered so hard, so fast because this is a dual signal that, okay, we're, we're taking 2022 off the table and we're also letting the world know that this guy is highly unlikely to ever reach, you know, 18 fantasy points a game, which we thought was his upside heading into this season. Now knowing a little bit more about how he's wired and maybe some demons that may be haunting him, uh, you wouldn't be surprised if you look up in five years and we really haven't heard much from him uh, on the field again after this incident. It's very, very sad. So I'm, I'm I'm a little bit mad at him for some some uh, doing a disservice to certain areas of society and our industry, but I'm also yeah. sad for him because this is really unfortunate for him and his career and his family and everybody associated with him. Yeah, there's so many levels to it, and that's why I wanted to have you on. I'm so glad that you that you had that take. You know, I mean, I saw it from from that angle, from so many angles, and from a dynasty perspective. I mean, just to touch on that real briefly. I mean, I'm I have him down at uh, wide receiver 71. Like, there's just it's like way down. I don't even because you're right. There's so much uncertainty after this year. I mean, this year, yeah, it's a zero. But not only that, he's he's not a young prospect, and you're right, he's now a a very uncertain to return prospect. On top of it all. I did also like the richness of the NFL to act so swiftly, uh, taking Mr. Calvin Ridley's $1,500 bet and uh, uh, suspending him for a year. But Stephen Ross, uh, still fine. Everything's good over there with Miami and the $100,000. Uh, Dan know, Snyder uh, still has his team. Yep. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I mean, get it. There's, there's a lot of hypocrisy. Uh, very rich. They, they, certainly, they're, they're quick to levy these suspensions quicker than yes. and longer than domestic violence and a lot of other things. Bingo. There's so the other one. There's yep. a lot, there's of, so there's much. A, a lot yes. of problems with, but the, the bottom line is it's like Aaron Rodgers uh, with the vaccine. Yeah. You know that you're putting games at risk 
right? By missing yeah. maybe an extra game. Like if you get it, you know that the protocols are what they are and you're risking missing an extra game. If you're willing to do that, to make the stand um, and, and, and because you think it's in your best interest, just know that you, th- you we're part of a society and you're part of an yes. industry and you're part of an association, the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and there are right. rules that are in place. There is guidance and policies that are written down and to participate and make all these hundreds of millions of dollars, you are yes. obliged to follow these rules and and know what you're getting into, know what the protocols are, and not act surprised uh, when you're forced to miss one yes. game or, in Calvin Ridley's case, a full season. It's- yes, you are free to gamble. You are free to not get the the, the, the vaccine, but you are also – potentially costing yourself millions of dollars. Just, also all true. All, yeah. You, you just, the, the only thing you're not <laughs> yes. allowed to do is to feign ignorance <laughs> yes, and right. woe is me. That's all yeah. like I'm whatever yeah. happens, happens. Just please don't do that. Please. I, yes. I spare me. Don't insult our intelligence. Spare yes. me. Okay. Spare yes. me yeah. your, uh, your, uh, sort of, uh, uh, principled stands, you know, your martyrdom. Okay. You play football and make $150 million guaranteed, Aaron. Go do that. Do that to the best of your ability. And then some of these other things, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and we, we can talk amongst ourselves. We don't need your opinion in, the, in these areas. We don't need to hear yeah. from you. Um, and well, I, you, I certainly and, and Aaron, hope that, that, that Calvin Ridley doesn't come forward and be like, you know, uh, th- th- this is bullshit. It's yeah, really. I don't think it's, he will. It's 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 clear. It's been clear for a hundred years. Yeah, you can't do this, dude. Yeah, I, I, Come on. I heard I heard Hayden Winks talking, and he said when he got his job, he was like an intern for the Chargers. You know, like he minimum wage job. They made it crystal clear that that he is not allowed to bet on any games whatsoever in any way shape or form and he was an intern minimum wage employee for the chargers yeah. so yeah it's very very clear don't 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 do that by the way also aaron Rodgers with a lot of the things he was doing you have to remember he was high on mushrooms for much of that so yeah. just give him a little bit of a break you know he's out there in hawaii with his with his beautiful but girlfriend just getting high, you know? everything can be yeah. true the nfl yeah. is Full of hypocrisy, soaked in hypocrisy, sure. is not even like the and 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 mistreats its partners, the players. Absolutely, right. That's yep, true. They do. Also, Calvin Ridley's a knucklehead. Yeah, that's right. That's right? exactly also, right. Also, um, right? speaking of knuckleheads, the Seattle Seahawks felt uh, compelled to get rid of. Um, Russell Wilson, I don't even know if it's necessarily knuckleheadedness. I think uh, certainly the writing was on the wall. You know, one thing I surmised last year, Matt, was that, you know, when I looked at, um, you know, Russell Wilson's play, he was taking off less often. And when I was watching games, it'd be like third and eight, and he'd have like a clear first down if he ran it. He'd just like, I don't know, throw it away. He just looked uninspired a lot of times where in in the past you're like, Russell Wilson would kill you with a 12-yard run right there all the time. You know what I mean? He just would always do that. His rushing stats were were way down last year. 43 carries only, less than 50 carries. I know he only played – Yes. In what was it? 14 games, but still, but still that's way, way under way 50 down. carries for Russell Wilson. Wow. Yeah. Right? Especially so, when you look right? at the year prior, 83 carries. So he basically yes. cut his carries in half. 
Yes. And and to me, it felt like he was just like, I'm not getting myself hurt. I'm not putting my body on the line for this team. I don't believe in this team. I don't believe in this organization. Sort of whether it was, uh, you know, conscious or subconscious, I think it was there in the back of his head. And, you know, so I think it was more him than them. And I think, you know, they finally found a trade that worked for him. Maybe he said it last offseason, didn't want to be there all year. I don't really know. But there are some signs showing. And now he goes to Denver where, Holy smokes. I mean, could you be any more excited for this? I mean, it is so much fun. I mean, only Nate Liss is upset. Am I right? That's where he wanted to go. He wanted to go to Denver. That's the one place that he was willing to waive his no trade clause. He has playerprofiler.com. He can go and see Cortland Sutton (laughs) and Jerry Judy. And even if they lose Noah Fant, it's okay. They have Albert Akueg Boonham, and it's just on. I mean, their number three receiver is Tim Patrick, one of the better number threes in the league. That's just an upgrade over Dwayne Eskridge right there. Better offensive line, better running game, better defense. It's just like the only issue is it's the AFC West. So it's Herbert and Mahomes and then Herbert and Mahomes. You get this one break against Derek Carr. I just feel I even feel bad for I feel as bad for uh, Seahawks fans. Uh, as as I do Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr is fucked. Yeah. Raiders <laughs> right. fans are fucked. This division just got yes. harder. So the division is ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I was going to ask you that too. Where do you think Denver now ranks in the AFC? Not just in the AFC West, which obviously we could put them third in the West, and nobody's going to call you crazy. But mm. wh- I mean, are they now a Super Bowl content? I mean, they, they're everybody's a Super Bowl contender if you have Russell Wilson, I guess. But you know. Where do you place them right now, just as is, as constructed? Uh, they're right there with the Chargers. And, you know, I think yeah. it's, it's very possible the Chargers and the Broncos finish ahead of the Chiefs. It's the possible, Chiefs are going right? to have to yeah, start coming, having a reckoning with this Patrick Mahomes mega contract. They're going to start losing defensive pieces. Uh, Clark may be the first to go from last year's team impact player. So if they lose Frank Clark, they lose Tyron Matthew. Um, suddenly it's it, it, that defense, which had its issues anyway, it, it loses even more teeth. They've not had, uh, you know, what you would say is an above average offensive line in many years. They have the right. one wide receiver weapon in Tyree kill. And then they have Travis Kelsey. They're going to try to sign a receiver, but they're thinking maybe slot receiver. Okay. That's not an, it's like th- they may get worse. And it looks like they will. They just can't afford all these pieces anymore with this Patrick Mahomes contract hanging over them and these mistakes made in the draft like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So you have these. I was going to say, maybe they could, hey, Matt, maybe they could take another small, undersized, overrated running back in the first round and go Kyron Williams and just really oh, solve this yeah, problem. Oh, go Kyron Williams, right. I don't even think <laughs> Andy Reid is, uh, you know, sucker enough. Mahomes wants him. I'm hearing. To go. I'm hearing. To go with Kyron Williams, even in day two. It's not going to. No way. No way. I'm that joking, would be crazy. But, it, I mean, I was thinking like. You know, they could overdraft Spiller. You know, there's all kinds of oh, there's all kinds of things they could Jesus. do. There's all kinds of Please whack no. things they could do. But yeah. I, you know, I think that it's very possible. I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to see how it shakes out. But the, the trajectory is, I think, we could be looking at three teams from the AFC West making it. And it would, I mean, I, I think the Chargers are our favorite because they have all this cap space and they already yeah. have a loaded roster. And then I think the rookie contract and and the Broncos and the Broncos right there with the chiefs, but it's, it feels like a hot take, but it's not actually that hot because if you look down the board, 
the Broncos are like the Chiefs in that every unit is like stocked with talent, whether it be it's defensive good, yeah. line. They're probably yes. going to bring back Von Miller. He wants to come back. He said, you know, Broncos country, you know, come at me or whatever he said on the beach there. Um, and yeah. and they're, they're just a quality team up and down the board. Yeah, I think they go the they kind of have to go the route of the Rams and kind of do that same thing cuz they're going to be without their first and second these next 2 years. So, they're going to have to find some veterans, but veterans will find yeah. them because restructure yeah, contracts, sign more veterans, do it. Yes. Go for it. All in for two yeah. yes, 100%. So, w- what else is there? So, and, and and in doing so, you would think that they don't need the luxury of a high-priced backup running back. Is this now make it less likely that Denver goes out and re-signs Melvin Gordon? Oh, they can't. No, they cannot they sign. They can't right? use money on Melvin Gordon. Absolutely not. They need to, they need to put I, every – they need to restructure <laughs> as many contracts as they can, open up as much salary these next two years. They're not going to be having any draft picks anyway. Um, you, yeah. you got to go completely all in. You got to sign a bunch of guys to one and two year deals. Uh, just try to, you know, create as much money as you can and then uh, try to have a reckoning and pay it back in a couple of years. But just make it a nice two year window here. How much you can't really ask for more than that in the NFL. We're going to no, watch the Chiefs. The Chiefs window is going to close very quickly. Um, so they say, okay, we've opened up this nice two-year window. We don't have any picks. We're going to go ahead and restructure these deals, and we got to optimize every single dollar. And that usually means putting as much of it into the defense as possible. The Rams did that. They brought in Von Miller himself. They brought in Ramsey. They said we're going to invest in the defense um, on top of what we, you know, uh, what is already a strong offensive line and, and great supporting cast for the quarterback um, that we we paid a lot of money to. So it's a very similar sort of yes. uh, philosophy of building a championship team that, and I think that's what you're seeing is that the Rams proved you don't need draft picks on day one or two yeah, proof of concept. Yeah, it's a proof of yeah. concept that we don't need, you don't need to draft young players. You can hit on guys on day three. You can bring guys in at value and free agency. You can trade for veterans that want to come and, and, and go win a super bowl and, and maybe give you a discount. Uh, you can stitch this thing together and go win. Uh, so proof of concept has been shown and Denver said, OK, we can do that. Uh, so I think it's very it's very interesting what they have to do with one of their day three picks is just use that on a running back. And they can. Yeah. There's going to be plenty of guys available. Exactly. That they, that so they many, can go bring so much in depth. if they if they yes. use that money on on Gordon, that would be really just that would just be mistake. super. That would yeah. be suboptimal. Yeah, totally. And and so, I mean, you know, we all love Javante coming in, even with the auspice of Melvin Gordon sort of hanging there. And, you know, if we saw a 50-50 split last year, certainly going forward, we said, well, it's going to go 60-40, 70-30, even if he, they sign him. But now with the odds of them re-signing Melvin Gordon, lowering again, I mean, I don't know how much higher we can make Javante Williams. I mean, he's already in most top five uh, dynasty running backs. And you know, I think he's already in top five redraft in a lot of ways. I mean, on, oh, he's on underdog be, best ball. Yeah, he's a first rounder on underdog. I don't think you're going to be able to get him in, in, in seasonal leagues. Dynasty, he was already super coveted. He's right there with Najee Harris. Najee Harris has the production profile, has the proof of concept, like you said. But Javante has the youth on him. Um, and has a totally, better offensive totally. situation, so I think th- those guys oh, are those so guys good. are locking arms right there, sort of behind Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. 
And then if you're you're looking at who you're, who to replace Melvin Gordon with, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Melvin Gordon back. It can be a satellite back. It could be James Cook. You yep. could you could go with uh, Beatty, Tyler Beatty from Missouri. Uh, there's there's a bunch of interesting guys. You could you could go with like yes. a, a guy with a great speed score like Pacheco. Uh, maybe more of a little bit of a project. Ty Chandler came in super athletic. I like Ty He's Chandler. He's underrated. Yeah. Um, so yep. there's a, a bunch of versatile slasher slash satellite backs. Probably that'll be available late. Starting with Pierre Strong, it would be my I think yep. the top choice in that tier. Uh, because above Pierre Strong, you're starting to get into like Jerome Ford, and I, those guys are probably going to go a little bit early. Um, and you don't yeah. necessarily need a super all-purpose guy like Jerome Ford, although. You know, get a discount on on Pierre Strong. He's similar to Jerome Ford, but because he went to South Dakota State, probably get him closer to like you know fifth, not even maybe not sixth round, but maybe maybe fifth round. You get a Pierre uh, Pierre Strong, be cool. You know, one of them, Matt. I mean, they're not all going to go. I mean, that's the other thing too. You can be patient. Like if yeah, if you and I are running a team and we're we're like, oh, Pierre Strong went. Oh well, there's still Tyler Bate. You know, there's there's enough of them and they're all clustered together. It's not like we need to get our guy. I would would go strong. If Strong was sitting there in the fifth round, kind of like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Jones five years ago. Yeah, yeah. In the fifth round, I'd push the button on him right there. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's good to hear. I, I love it. I think Javante now just takes this, uh, you know, step up now because the touchdown upside is was already there because the guy is just a, you know, I mean, he's just such an incredible running back. But now, so many more opportunities in scoring position. Um, yeah, I just it, that division. You know, you always talk about this. One of the things I agree with that you mention a lot is, look, he's going to be playing against those awesome quarterbacks. They're going to have to score to win. They're not going to be able to win 13-10. That ain't going to happen. That's good for so Javante. They're going to have to you score want to win. them scoring points. Fuck yes. the, the carry count. Take <laughs> yeah, your carry that. count and go put it in a sack. I don't fucking yes. care how many carries exactly he gets. Oh, positive <laughs> don't game scripts. Shit. Don't care. Don't care. I'd rather him actually be in garbage time and be out there in yes. the two-minute drill. You know, running backs Fuck score yes. more points in the two-minute drill than they do grinding clock. Yes. Did you know yeah, that? Of course, yes. Duh. Of course, yes. Duh. So stupid, yes. So, so, uh, I want to be ahead by 20. Oh. No, you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're going to be playing with a lead. Uh, they're gonna. He's going to be a hammer. Uh, yeah. Great. He gives a shit. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, 40 yards. Congrats. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, four points. You got you get, you get those five extra carries. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so stupid. So, so stupid. fantasy points. That, it, yeah. And speaking of... of, of um, Fantasy points. Oh my gosh. I've been a huge Albert Okui Bonham fan. Albert O, you know, who wants to try and butcher that name all day long? But Albert O, now, you know, when he was coming out, I'm like, this is the prototype. You know, big, strong, fast, um, you know, high producer in terms of efficiency in college. You know, you never know what the volume is going to look like for tight ends, but you look for those. The sort of the, the the flash points of you know big plays in college he had those um, and now he's sort of by himself and he showed last year that same type of big play efficiency oh my gosh I mean what is what is the ceiling I mean it's so bad though his price is going to be you know too much in redraft now I think he's going to just vault so high but you know I own so many shares in dynasty I'm just so excited. What do you think his actual ceiling is in terms of like a tight end finish this year? Well, last year, last seven games, Fant had 30 targets. Akui Boonham had 25. And uh, Akui Boonham had more touchdowns and yards. 
So you could argue he's a more efficient player. They're very similar physically. They're very similar athletically. For whatever reason, Alberto slipped in the draft, was not appreciated, even though Gil Brandt and others were touting him. For some reason, it was just weird. It was tight ends. I I thought I was crazy. I don't understand how tight ends can be coveted by teams waving around this franchise tag. And David Njoku gets franchise tag. No, I, I get that there's value there that because they're not I was classified shocked. as a wide receiver, you're getting value right. comparing them only to other tight ends when you're setting their contract. But, I mean, David Njoku had one productive week. and It was a big week, right. but it was one week. And yet this yes. is enough. All these – For 11 yeah, million, right. It's crazy. thinking, hey, we're going to get – hey, we can, we can get a steal – on these move tight ends that are essentially receivers will classify them as tight ends and there's nothing they can do. And, you know, Jimmy Graham protested it like 10 years ago. Uh, he was, you know, super upset about it because he was coming off like a 13 touchdown season uh, with Drew Brees. And he was like, you guys, yeah. I'm not really a tight end. I'm more I'm of a, a wide receiver. receiver. I'm a red zone weapon. Yes. Like you, if, if I'm a go-to receiver for Drew Brees, putting me under the tight end franchise tag is a really dick move. So I totally (laughs) understand why he appealed that. And I don't know if he got any restitution or anything from that. I I don't know, (laughs) but of all the guys that got the franchise tag, Schultz, Gusecki, and Joku, I do think that Schultz is the most deserving of uh, being classified as a wide receiver. But he's probably just happy to cash in. He probably had no idea that he'd ever be, you know, receiving a $10 million contract of any kind, given where he started from. He's had great success in Dallas. Dak Prescott throws a very catchable ball. He's comfortable there. His family's there. So there's no income tax. In Texas. And Blake Jarwin is is uh, hurt and probably career over type of thing. I guess he's got some sort of rare hip shit oh, that no. is just kind of like all fucked up. Yeah, yeah they, they, could, they couldn't yeah. afford to let him go. He probably could have got more on the open market. But when you <clears> add up all these other benefits of yeah. staying in Dallas, he's probably fine. You know, this is a, yes. this is a, an area where he's like, you know what? I, I think I'll just take the franchise tag. I think I'll. I'm not gonna. Uh, I, I'm not gonna object. Yeah, I'm gonna take the uh, bird in the hand here, uh, and I'm not yeah. gonna cry about it. Uh, yeah, the guaranteed 11 million is not gonna hurt him and his family. You don't think? So why, how could guys like Albert O fall so far in the draft if they're so valuable? If you just want to no get idea. them and in I'll the door you, Matt, and then franchise tag them, what the Matt, hell? My, my favorite team, the New England Patriots, had two picks. Like I don't remember, like the third end of the third round ish. I don't remember exactly. And you know, I of course do this for. I'm following. I'm like, oh my god, we need a tight end. Albert O is coming. They drafted two tight ends, Devin Aziazi and Devin Aziazi, and I was like, what in the fuck? Like it's so infuriating because it was do. so clear to me I would have pushed the button on Albert Owen not another tight end some other the Patriots know, are bad at drafting okay they, they took they took Nikhil Harry <laughs> over AJ Brown and a lot of dynasty gamers had had them one two two one whatever uh but sure. it's still a mistake that was made and Correct. you know you know in hindsight you can keep going back and it's like okay maybe someone else should be in charge of picking the players there in <laughs> New England. It's just Bill has a lot yes. on his plate. Why would you add this? Why would you think he can do this part-time as good as someone else can do full-time? And as it turns out, he can't. 
it's true. It's a hundred percent true. It's a hundred percent true. That is exactly correct. So, and, you Th- know, that's exactly correct. No, Albert O is, is the big winner in terms of big jump, you know? So what's his ceiling? Uh, well, let's see, where do we have Alberto? We have Alberto now in the top 10 dynasty. Um, so if you like Dawson Knox, this is a younger, better version of Dawson Knox in a similar situation. So that's really the tier that he belongs in. He belongs now in this Fant Knox Alberto tier. And if he starts hot, then he'll take he'll yep. overtake Firemuth and Goddard and eventually Hawkinson very quickly. Uh, yeah, I think he's got top six. Yeah, breaking into the top Upside, five is right? going to be tough. Very uh, tough. But yeah, very I tough. I can see him easily, you know, knocking off Hawkinson because as impressive as Hawkinson's profile is, uh, they're a similar age, and Akui Boonham was very productive in college even at a young age and has incredible athleticism, like 99th percentile speed score, which is most predictive for tight ends. So Correct. even though he doesn't have the draft capital at some point, you know, they're resetting the deck, showing you what they really think about Alberto by trading Noah Fant. Bingo. That's so this right. is a That's new exactly signal correct. about the sentiment that the Broncos, <clears throat> how they feel about Alberto and just watch the games. Like they're both in the field Literally. Actually, yeah, literally. Hey, Alberto is on the field less. All. He's running fewer they're, routes, yes. and he's getting the same targets. Yes, and they're going all in, win now, and they got rid of the perceived win now player for the younger player. No, I think they went with who they thought was the better player. Uh, you know, we're fine getting rid of Fant because we have Alberto. Very similar 100%. dudes. Fant and Alberto, yeah. always very similar 100%. dudes. I mean, it was hard to find a team in the league that had a teammate uh, Spider-Man meme that was <laughs> yes. a, as closely comparable as this fan and Alberto two. situation they had. Yep. So, I mean, they were just shedding redundancy. That's all this yeah. was. This and, was like, this was almost like private equity came in and said, okay, we can, you could, <laughs> these are redundant. You can get rid of this. You can streamline this, you know, <laughs> we'll make you more profitable. Yeah. We bring in a new CEO and Russell Wilson, and then, then we'll take you public. Yeah, and one one costs five million, and one costs five hundred thousand. Yeah, that yeah. will keep the five hundred thousand. You know, yeah, we got a spreadsheet right. here. It's pretty obvious what we need to be doing. <laughs> yep. So now you know we've talked all this this good news. I, by the way, I think we, we agree. That, I mean, it's so so easy to say Judy and Sutton. So we're not going to go there. Of course, they're up. Well, but, you know, I, I have to say yeah. that that yeah, Sutton should be moving up more than Jerry Judy. Jer- Jerry Judy has a bit of a cap ceiling in that he is one of these shifty route runners that also has some speed, but he hasn't been efficient during his entire professional career. And at least Cortland Sutton has technically broken out and did so with one of the more impressive wide receiver seasons in 2019 with Drew Locke under center we've ever seen. So I, I, I am, I have much more faith in what we've actually seen, which is a full-blown, super impressive breakout season from Cortland Sutton in that DK Metcalf role. And I have not yet seen a Tyler Lockett season from Jerry Judy. It's a projection. So I understand you can get excited, but know that a lot of your excitement goes back to the Alabama helmet, the national championship game, and... 
if you actually take a step back, and draft capital. Yeah, if you yeah, draft capital, if you take a step back, well, Cortland Sutton early second round pick. So not, yeah, yeah. Not, no, no, I'm just not saying a big I'm deal, agreeing, but yeah, yeah you're you're nope. you're kind of like what ten picks or something. So it's like, yeah. what are we really talking about here? I'll take the guy that looks like Metcalf. You want to take Lockett? Go ahead. I'll take the Metcalf. Yeah. If we're sort of reprising, like a you know a Broadway show from Seattle and bringing it to Denver, I'm gonna back the Metcalf Sutton character because if we're talking about doppelgangers and and analogs, there actually is very few, if any, wide receivers around the league as comparable to Metcalf as Sutton is. And the big risk with Sutton all along, this big overhang was he can't get paired with a Derek Carr type quarterback. They're not going to feed him. He'd have to go with a quarterback that has proven himself to be fearless to the perimeter. And that is very lucky that, that he, that they brought him in because if they were going to try to go and and make it happen with Marcus Mariota or something, you know, Sutton would have been fucked. Yes. Yes. Wilson in particular really drives Cortland Sutton's value up, 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 up. His ceiling is higher. He's going to be a much better play in DFS. I just think that it's, that's something that is not being fully discussed or appreciated. And and maybe just be just full blown contrarian that can, that Sutton's bigger winner than Judy. Uh, But until I see I mean, we're, we're doing a projection. Right on our on our yes. on our rankings, we have Judy ahead of Marquise Brown. We have him ahead of Pickens and Amon Ross St. Brown and all these things. Uh, it, it, Brown and St. Brown have done more in the NFL than Jerry Judy has. But I believe in the draft capital. I believe in uh, the, uh, the impressive years he had with incredible target competition in Alabama at Alabama. I think that he can translate. He, he was injured last year, uh, so. It's a projection I'm willing to make, but hell if I'm going to put him ahead of Cortland Sutton. I just think that's bad process because it's not like Cortland Sutton's old enough. Cortland Sutton's got his age 26, 27, and 28, and 29 seasons ahead of him. And if you're projecting out more than four years in Dynasty, then you know, you're doing it wrong, and you might as well just bank the four years of production with Sutton. He also has the contract extension in hand too. Bingo. So there's just a lot of reasons why... I think that Sutton is a bigger winner. Uh, and from what I'm seeing on Twitter, that seems contrarian. I think that's probably right. I think it is probably contrarian. I mean, I've got him back to back in my dynasty ranking. So I'm, look, all my 2021 Cortland Sutton shares, you know, that were crying on the curb just got rejuvenated. They're all coming back. They're having a little party. They're, they're, they're passing around mixed drinks. They're having a little, you know, it's, it's happiness for them because Cortland Sutton was a, was a big miss for me last year. I thought he was going to step up because of that 2019 success. He did it without a quarterback. Then I thought, Hey, Teddy's not exactly a downfield thrower, but we're not even sure if it's Teddy or Drew Locke or somebody else at the time when I was investing in in Cortland Sutton at his value. But it definitely it 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 it, it crashed out in twenty one. But I think I, I agree with you. Hey, hey, Cooper Cup in, in twenty two. Cooper Cup yeah. didn't melt anyone's Bingo. face after his torn ACL. You know, right. and and it, most players need an extra year to hit their full stride. And I'm never surprised. When the first year back from a torn ACL, a player doesn't meet expectations. That's why I'm going to have absolutely zero Robert Woods 
Like I've seen Robert Woods ADP on underdog and I'm like, get the hell out of here. Like top 100 pick. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, I might take a discount on Beckham. I'm not, I'm not drafting either of these guys. Right. I, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't, I'm not dra- Gallup. What? Like, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. You don't have to, yeah. you don't have, you don't to, have to fall on that sword. You know, you don't have to prove yeah. a point. You don't have to like be, uh, uh, caping up for or carrying water for you know big acl right <laughs> right like you don't you don't have to be yeah you know, oh fuck i mean there's yeah, big, big pharma big oil and yeah, big acl yeah, big reconstructive yeah, the big reconstructive surgery industry you know you don't yes. need to carry water for them man you can just say they don't no. need it man they're they're doing great they're doing yeah. great you could just walk what about away. knee replacement these fucking poor yeah i'll take we the guy got, like cooper cup the year after the year after yes i agree yeah and and that actually brings me to one other player that you and i both love which who also got franchise tag uh tagged excuse me is chris godwin yeah. um I mean, I don't know, man. You know, the ACL, now he's franchised to a team without a quarterback. Won't be drafting any Godwin. Won't be drafting any Evans in, in, in no. best ball, like, unfortunately. Uh, I don't like those hell, ADPs man? at all. No. So... Yeah, what do we what do we do with Chris Godwin? I mean, this mm. is this is bad news, right? I mean, I was hoping he'd find somewhere else, and now they're... I don't know, man. It's just it's a it, it bums me out. Normally, we're happy when a when a wide receiver stays with his current team. Yeah. In this case, it's like oh, I'd rather have Bateman. Yeah. I'd rather have Michael Pittman. I'd rather have Devonte Smith. There's a lot of guys I'd rather have. I mean, Godwin's 26. Yeah. We're looking at potentially, very likely, an underwhelming season, and then he's going to be a year coming back, and then another year, and then age 27 season, right? season it's like Allen Robinson 12 months from now we'll start to consider him so he might be a value right so what you should be doing is making a little note in your calendar for like December or whenever your trade deadline is in Dynasty and go see what you can get Godwin for you know in November this year Uh, but put him out of your mind for right now and startups anything else like you're not getting Godwin dude you're not getting Godwin yeah Uh, Michael Pittman's metrics were awesome uh, Rashad Bateman's prospect profile uh, it w- was awesome, um, and I, I'm expecting him to step up and be the number one this year uh, in Baltimore. So th- there, there's a, a lot of other options that at ADP in Dynasty, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, the quarterback you, uncertainty, target competition with Evans still there. It's just it's very gross. It's murky. It's very gross, it's and it was very yeah. bad news that yes. I thought they would maybe try to take that money and go try to re-sign a, a bunch of their their veteran defenders and try to run it back a little bit. Yeah, maybe a Tyler Johnson fills in for Godwin, and you're like, yeah, you know, I mean, he's not Godwin, but at least he's somebody. You know, go and, draft somebody. And then, yeah, go draft somebody. Exactly. And then just kind of piece that wide receiver room back together as opposed to just trying to hang on to an injured Chris Godwin. I, I don't know, man. It just – why franchise tag a guy yeah, when, they, they, you know, basically that's a one-year deal when the one year isn't even that important to you right now? I mean, what the hell is one year for you guys? I mean, be, I, I don't know, man. It, it just it it felt like misallocation. They should have the money or yes. use it on super young – try to use it on – I, I, you know, I, something yeah, – there, there's got to be something they could do. The thing is, though, if you do have his age 27, 28, and 29 seasons – 
they need, and, and what I talked to Anand Nanduri about today on the Decision Point show on the uh, on our network uh, yes. is that, like with Devontae Adams, the franchise tag is sometimes a precursor to an extension. Correct. So they will franchise tag him, create the the salary slot. Um, yes. and then work from work there, it, it actually yep. frees up more money to work on an extension. Um, I'm not sure the precise mechanics of why that is, but that's just how it works in the NFL. Yes. If yeah. they sign him to an extension and he becomes a building block and then they walk away from Mike Evans a year from now, that would make sense. If they're doing yes. a proper rebuild that they're saying, Hey, we have our number one receiver. He's young enough. We can build around him. We can rebuild on the fly here. That would make more sense. But me personally, if I were taking over this team, I would be in a race just like Seattle has come to Jesus to, yes. to just crash this plane on purpose. Yes. And uh, uh, there's one there's yeah. one point, though, Matt. What about the there's only one more big chip yeah, left, Watson, and that's man. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Right. So. Look, I know there's a whole litany of, you know, things that we would need to know about and worry about in his regard. But let's just pretend for a moment whatever happens is like, oh, four game suspension and everything's fine. And and do they have the balls to go get him? Do they have the resources to get him? Do they have the ability to go get him? But if they do, that all changes everything I just said about Chris Godwin. No, no, he's not going to Tampa. I don't think he's going to Tampa. I mean, no, uh, I, I don't either. But, you know, I, they, they want a quarterback. I think that. The leader in the clubhouse is Carolina. I think like Tampa, yeah, like Atlanta, they know that this division is going to be within reach. It can be won with just an eight and nine record. Yeah. So you're, you're going to see some interesting, weird uh, counterproductive decisions. And then probably the one team that actually embraces the, the teardown first is going to have a big advantage on the division in the long run, which probably will be New Orleans. And so you'll see some short-term decision-making, especially by Atlanta. They've already, they already did that last year. So I assume they're going to, they're, yes. they're going to, they're going to continue to, to chase the dragon, um, Double down, and, yeah. you know, avoid, um, the pain of, of the rebuild until the lat until it's, until it's sort of foisted upon them, which then it's too late yes. where it sounds Correct. like New Orleans is running into the darkness, uh, and, and knowing that they're just going to take whatever happens to them. Uh, whatever is out there in the darkness, they're going to deal with it, just like Seattle, yeah. which is very smart. Yeah. It's it's painful. It's scary. Um, it's disappointing to the fan base. You lose money in doing it. Your franchise takes takes a hit, loses some value in the process. You know the the Broncos are trying to sell the the team now. So yeah. if I were trying to sell the team, uh, I would know that in negotiations that a Russell Wilson franchise quarterback is a hell of a lot more valuable than future picks. <laughs> they so sure that, are. that may have factored into their decision, but they, they, it's it's the perfect situation for them to win now. Anyway, they, they need to push the button, but it's really hard. It's really hard to sell future picks jerseys at the uh, clubhouse, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, first round. I that's yes. actually that's a great point. I'm going to make a jersey. It's going to say it's going to say second round pick, future first, or, you know, yeah. future, future <laughs> yeah. second rounder. Uh, yeah, future second twenty twenty four second rounder. So yeah, the number is twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's totally. What do. Yeah, so just th see how those the name of the fly back. off the it's shelves. Perfect. Yeah, uh, and then uh, so then or it could be like twenty twenty four, and then the number is oh two. This is different things you can do. So yeah, what I was thinking yeah. is that 
even though it's weird, and I think Anand brought this to my attention, for you know it, it to be like a, a false rebuild or you know going to Seattle may make some sense in that what might happen is Deshaun Watson doesn't necessarily want to go to a rebuilding franchise, but Seattle now has the firepower, the draft capital to offer more yep. than say the Buccaneers can offer. Cause the Buccaneers only have a or late Carolina. pick. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they have a little bit more than Carolina to, to offer, but I think it's going to be those two teams are the most in play right now. Uh, and I think that Seattle is interesting because they can they have a good story to tell. They can say, hey, Watson, you're going to face a suspension as soon as you get reinstated by a team. So we are just going to try to be the Colts the year that Manning was out. Right. Remember that year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they get they somehow stumble in. But without like. Uh, Corey Painter or whatever the fuck that guy's name yeah. was. We're going to have Drew Locke, yeah. who's better than, a, than we're Painter. We're going to get a stud player. Like they're just this happens once in a while that you know uh, a, a the the team loses its stud quarterback. They end up with a top five pick. Last year, yeah. San Francisco ended up with a top five pick, and they used it on a quarterback. But I'm just saying, sometimes a team that's not what it appears to be has just this has this crazy outlier bad season they bank the, the top five pick they use it and then all of a sudden the next year everything clicks into place like a video game and deshaun yeah. watson rolls off his suspension and so it's a great story you can tell the watson like hey wave your no trade to come here um we're gonna tank we're gonna get you like a, a uh the best tackle in the draft right we got metcalf yeah. we got Lockett. Come here, we're all going to eat shit in 2022, and it's going to be fucking on in 2023. Yeah, that's it's, that's it's a, certainly that's possible. An interesting thing if you think about it that way. Yeah. In terms of places that he would waive the no trade clause to go, it's a little bit harder for Carolina to say, "Oh, we can win the division with you." He's like, "Okay," and then what? So, but but yeah. you know, I think that's those are the two that I think he would he would potentially consider most, and they have the capital to to get it to get a deal done. Um. Washington would be the other one, but that's that's hard to imagine he would want to take that kind of reputational hit to be, you oh, know, yet you another sexual assault yes. in the building. Right. It, Unbelievable. I don't think the, I, they I think can't the NFL that. has ways to get oh. what they want and to block things behind the scenes in closed door meetings and with phone calls from Goodell. <laughs> And so yes. I think that in the yes. best interest of the league, like Goodell may pull a lever to make sure that doesn't happen because that would yeah, the be lever, very, hey, that Matt, would be very, that would be gross. The lever would be uh Goodell calls and they answer, hello. And he'd be like, are you fucking serious? Yes. No fucking. Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> fuck no, are you guys doing? I want, he's going to go to Pete Carroll and he's going to, they're going <laughs> to babysit the shit out of this kid. You know what I mean? And yeah. he's going to be up in the Northwest and no one's going to be paying attention to him for a year and they're going to rehabilitate the right. shit out of him. Yeah, you're not going to the fucking, the the, the frat house with Dan Snyder. We don't need him in Washington, happening. Dan. Yeah. No. It's not a good yeah, idea. For, it's not in the best interest of the league and we're going to find a way to fucking not let you do it. 
Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. But um, it, it, let's say Seattle doesn't do that. Let's say that, that, that they're not in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. You know, they they now have, I think uh, it's pick nine. I think that's Denver's pick. They have their own, which is, I forget exactly. I don't think they but have they their own. Some, the Jets have it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. So now they have pick nine. Jamal Adams. What do you... Th- <laughs> 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 Had to get that safety. Had to get the thumper. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. That's fucking embarrassing. Oh my God. That hurts. Okay. Jamal Adams. Yeah. Okay. So they have pick nine now. God, that is so stupid. Um, They have pick nine. What are you doing with pick nine if all of the quarterbacks are on the board? Mm. Are you taking one? Uh, Yeah. I mean, if Willis is there, you do it. I mean, that's a rebuild quarterback. There you can let him uh, be him. Right, you can just let yes. him play, let him take, learn on the job. I mean, you have Drew Locke. I mean, I'm not saying that Drew Locke is good, but he's in NFL. I mean, what is he a top 35, uh, 36 yeah. quarterback I in the league? No, he's I mean, better than Geno Smith. Geno Smith actually had a couple uh, weeks yes. where he was Geno Smith he is wasn't bad. More efficient. Yes, so I, I think it's possible. You know what I mean? That, that either they got- they they let him sit for seven games, right? Let him then yes. let him play out the rest of the season and learn on the job. That is the way to go. Yep. That is the best possible move for him. I would really like that. They can keep some of their offense that they had for for Russ rollouts and a lot of these things. They can keep those things in yes. place. I think that make it, that would be the move. I don't know if he's going to be available. <laughs> like you could see the Steelers moving up to get him. There's just different things. There's a lot of things that are going to fall. There are teams that love Malik Willis. He yes. is wired the right way. He's, you know, putting change in hats of like, you know, people that are, you know, just uh, meet, asking for help on the on the side of the you road. Saw that. So fucking so he's awesome. super yeah. polite to everyone he talks to. His head is not up his own ass. Like yep. it's just the head in the ass factor, man. The, every, I think everybody he also knows had it. a super high wonderlick too. Like the kid is yeah. just. I think he's just. Yeah, he doesn't I think have he's just the head everything. in the ass factor. And yeah. it's very possible that Kyler Murray has a little head, head in the ass factor, either that or he really sucks at keeping his agent under control, right? right? It's either that. It's either you're bad at managing the people that are supposedly in your employ, uh, like your agent, or it's you that's the root of you know so, so, some of this, which is just, you know, in the long run, and this is something that I think some players never realize. I mean, clearly Ryan Leaf never realized it. Ryan Leaf's going to go to his grave never understanding what the fuck went wrong, right? Cam Newton's never going to know. Like, you're never going right. to get through to these people how the hell it went wrong for you, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure Ryan Leaf is woe is me right now somewhere, right? Um, and yet, you know, if you had just devoted your time and effort to your craft and been an awesome teammate and let the chips fall without your agent writing fucking letters five years yeah. before you're going to be a free agent, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, or whatever. years or, or refusing to participate in the stretching exercises that your teammates are participating in because you think you're better than them in all these things, well, you might be better than them and you might be the best player and the most talented player. But over time, 10 years go by 
and you look up and others that are your age are playing at the peak of their profession and you haven't developed and you haven't uh, improved and you're no longer actually making a difference for NFL teams and you're out of the league. And yeah. that's what happened. I mean, it's still, that's why Malik we, we, Willis is so interesting yes. to me. Yes, and I think right. that NFL teams are starting to recognize this more and more that, listen, we can't fall for the tools guy, right? Uh, and push up these Ryan Leaf characters unless we also know that their head is in the right place. It has to be both. Um, yes, it has to be both. So. And and that's the Tom Brady corollary. I mean, this kid, you know, you, you know, Tom is, you know, he's got TB12 and he's married to the, you know, the world's greatest supermodel. But in the quote unquote clubhouse, in the locker room, he was first in, last out. Uh, he was in line. He was not a prima donna. You know, he was coach's pet. He like literally led by example. He worked hard. You know, he was all those things. He took less. He, right. He studied more. He did all those things. Um, you know, demanded less of himself, more of everybody. Dude, dude, right? do, so he do you all remember things. anything? Do you remember a single whisper from the Dak Prescott camp about his contract? <laughs> right. right. No. Nothing. All we ever heard was Jerry talking about it. It was all from Jerry. It was never from Dak. And then you watch Hard Knocks and you realize, oh, this is how the best quarterbacks in the league conduct themselves. And these are the guys that are starting quarterbacks out to age 40. That's how right. it works. These are the guys that end up making not tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Right? But again, yeah, you're, Dak's you're, that guy for sure. it's going to be very difficult for, to get through to young, to young prospects that – you don't need to worry about any of these things. You don't need to activate your agent. You don't need to do any of this. Just let your play and your work ethic off the field speak for itself. And good things are going to happen over time. And then you're going to look up and you're going to be in line for a $300 million contract. And you may have just realized that this is a reality because you've been head down in football the whole time. That's, I think... Yeah. It's very exciting that all reports suggest that that's how Malik Willis is wired. It's very cool. Yeah. I'm very excited. So let's do it. Let's, 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 uh, you know, the people probably want to hear me and you talk a little bit about, um, you know, some rookies. We're talking about one right now and Malik Willis. Um, this is when, this is when the, the listeners start, you know, unbuckling their pants a little bit, start, you know, just getting a little bit more comfortable. Once we start talking about these rookies, you know what I'm talking about. And so we've got Malik Willis, you know, who, who I, you know, I did a, a, a rankings, uh, pod the, the, uh, just before the combine. And I said, I would take these quarterbacks first over Brees Hall. Brees Hall mm -hmm. goes out and does an amazing job, uh, at the, at the combine, um, raising his ceiling now. Uh, his pro production profile was great. Pass catching, coming out early, he'll have the draft capital. Everything was great. I wasn't sure he was this type of an explosive athlete. Oh, yeah. He now vaults himself up a level, in my opinion. I've heard you say some some pretty exciting things about where you have Brees Hall, but I still He's think still close, that if, if Malik... He's still close. He and Willis are still very close. Yes, Thank you. I think if Malik Willis goes top 10 to a spot where we can start to get our imaginations lathered, Malik Willis still needs to be considered at the 101 in Superflex, yeah, but I'm with he, you. Now, now he's in play to go to Seattle with Metcalf. Right. Woo! Woo! 
That's exciting. That would be that's exciting. If he goes to Seattle top ten, he would vault Brees Hall. Okay, I, I, that, that, that's a that's a, there's the answer because I'm with you. I, I'm okay drafting the the, the top level running backs, i.e. JT over any of the quarterbacks in whatever draft it is. Uh, you know, because we can see the ceiling of those top tier running backs, Najee Harris, you know, all these guys uh, are now, you know, very, you know, top five, uh, you know, running backs in, 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 in dynasty, but uh, Malik Willis. Yeah. He's got that ceiling. You know, we talked about it on a few pods throughout the, throughout the off season where you've got the top dynasty quarterbacks. You know, you look at uh, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, you know, Burrow, right. All these guys, the, 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 Lamar, right. Kyler, those guys aren't going anywhere, right? They're just not going anywhere. Kyler can be a knucklehead. He's still not really going anywhere unless he flames out of the league because no, he's that big a knucklehead. Yeah. yeah. Dude, but I don't you know, know what I mean, Kyler, like, man. I don't know. I'm I'm sure. worried about Kyler. I don't like this. Sure. I just I just uh, that I explained it. I laid it out for you. Why yeah. I don't like this. He's already yeah, tiny. Yeah. He's yeah. already been, you know, suffering from injuries and underperformance. Yeah. He's no longer a top three quarterback in Dynasty. He's he's Correct. not. I mean, that that tier yeah. belongs to the Allen Mahomes Herbert triumvirate. He's now on the outside yes. looking in. I didn't think we would be here. Um, and then, you know, he better be careful or he's gonna be outside the top five soon. Yeah. Um, so we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens with, with, with him. Um, this team has no cap but, but- space, they're losing lots of weapons. I don't love it. But when we talk when we talk about that top tier, right? Whether it's five or you know, you throw Burrow and the whole right, that's six, seven, eight, whatever it is, yeah. you know, none of the other quarterbacks in this class even have the ceiling to get in there, really. It's not even it, yeah, it's, it's just Willis. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's Willis. Just Willis. So, I mean, think about the guys yeah. that are in that area. They're all mm-hmm. mobile or they're complete physical freaks, like Correct. Allen and Herbert, or they're right. like, you know. Prodigious Uber champion Burrow. guy yeah. that is <laughs> yes, like you know the the next Brady level yes. competitor. Like I don't see that. Yes. I mean, I like. I mean, good for Kenny Pickett and everything, but no, like I'm not <laughs> right. there. He's, Kenny Pickett's no Burrow just because he has small yeah. hands. It's not no. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> Yeah, Matt, Matt, check it out. Every time I say, look, I'm a little bit dubious of Kenny Pickett because the small hands, first of all, I I do the child hands thing. But I also go, look, he's an older prospect with a with a one single season Mm -hmm. on his on his prospect and a late breakout. And everybody goes, well, what about Joe Burrow? And I'm like, what about Michael Vick? Kenny Pickett doesn't look like fucking Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had the single greatest college season in the history of college football. I mean, that's not the fucking same thing as Kenny Pickett. Yeah, you could say, well, yeah, I mean, Kenny Pickett is one part Burrow, one part Vic. It's like, no, just because he's in this class and he's a top quarterback in this class doesn't mean he's going to be good. Okay, this could just be a weak quarterback class. This is a weak quarterback class. This is a weak quarterback class. Sam Howell is small. Matt Corral is small and not necessarily even offering great arm strength. Kenny Pickett doesn't have great arm strength. Kenny Pickett has small hands. Kenny Pickett is a concern. He's old. Like I said, there's all these red flags with these guys all up and down the board. Already, Carson Strong has totally flamed out throughout the process, so he's not even a factor. If there's anyone that actually has the upside to break into, say, the top 15, say it. It's Desmond Ritter. 
bingo. It's yeah. Desmond I mean, Ritter. It's and Desmond he has Ritter concerns too. Has yeah. He doesn't have a strong arm, but neither did Jalen Hurts. <laughs> right. 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 So if he um, succeeded on a big stage in college football, took yes. care of the football, was incredibly mobile, and made big plays when it counted. He's a dog. That sounds a lot like Jalen Hurts. And he had a yeah. similar grade at the Senior Bowl, like similar across the board to Jalen Hurts. Yes. There's a lot of similarities yes. there. So if I'm in the Superflex League, my priority is really probably to get Ritter at value than it is Correct. overdraft, let's say, Pickett, Pickett or let's Corral. say no, Howell yeah. could go. Or I think the NFL loves Howell. Cody Carpentier, our NFL insider, has told me on many occasions – you just don't understand. The NFL really loves Sam Howell, um, and he has a big arm, and he has a lot of the things they look for, and he's just the only guy that checks those boxes this year. And I like Sam they're going to settle on him. They're they're going to settle yeah. on him, and he's going to be potentially a top ten pick, if not top fifteen. And you know, I'm just not drafting these guys. I'm going to go ahead and draft no. uh, Hall. I'm going to draft fucking Walker. And yes. I'm going to draft either Burks or Wilson. Those are my guys. And, and I, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll hopefully like a couple of years ago, maybe get lucky and get a super athletic playmaker at quarterback in the early second round in super flex. Like I did with Jalen hurts. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm not going to overdraft this Kenny Pickett situation. And, you know, I might push the button for, for Willis. Yeah. Willis. Because sure. If I'm at the one Oh two and Willis is there every, every day, all Boom. day, Let's every go. day, all yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. but it's, but you know, I don't think there's, there's much question also that after that, it's got to be Kenny Walker. Yes. I'm I think with Kenneth Walker changed the game because yep. what, what ends up happening is when a guy is so clearly putting in such incredible effort, you discount that. You think, well, okay, he can't be that fast. He looks like he's trying too hard. He looks like he's breathing too hard. He looks like he's um, just – he wants it so much, and, and he, he's like a Rudy situation. Like, okay, so he has a 100% sack rate, <laughs> right? <laughs> Rudy plays one play, gets one sack. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, he yeah. had 100% sacrifice, but you understand. It was late in the game, and, like, he's a big effort guy. Like, you can't – he's not going to translate. He's not going to translate to the NFL, right? <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. Walker actually is also fast. And then once yes, if you say that, then everything changes. It's like, wait a second. He's fast too? It's like, oh, yeah, he's really fast. So he's like a faster Melvin Gordon because Melvin Gordon was prolific in college in the Big Ten – did not catch a lot of passes because they just fed Melvin Gordon. There was a there's a, there's a touch ceiling, and you, if he's going to get all the carries, he can't also get all the catches. So that's why he wasn't like a big target magnet, and I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine yeah. with that. He proved at the combine <clears throat> that he was a smooth pass catcher, and he was ripping up those routes. I mean, this guy. Yeah. As time goes by, and I've been. Coming into football analysis, thinking that anyone that talked about things like effort and work ethic was just uh, spinning narratives and that the numbers have all the answers. Um, but, you know, we've learned over time that there are some things that, especially in the sport of football, and that's where it's different than baseball. I mean, you can be an asshole 
like Barry Bonds, an awful teammate, and you can be one of the greatest of all time. That's really not possible in football. It's much more right. of a team integrated sport. Uh, interdependency is big and you need your teammates to want to play with you and want to lift you up. And it's really it hurts a lot. There's a lot of pain and you need to be able to want it and get your body ready um, instead of just kind of rolling out of bed and going to batting practice. It's not the same fucking thing, right? That's why numbers, efficiency numbers, for example, are going to be more predictive in baseball than they are in football. And sure. you need to know yeah. that there's a lot of uncertainties. And if you actually go to the combine and go to the senior bowl and actually talk to these guys and listen to what people are saying about them in terms of how they conduct themselves in the off season, and that see, it may not be a big difference right now, but it's like when you have two vectors and they're at slightly different angles over time, they get very far apart. Right. And so yeah. maybe right now Spiller and Walker are similar, but hmm. two years from now, whatever Walker is, is probably going to be better. I agree. And two years yeah. from now, I'm not sure Spiller is going to be better. Spiller might just think that he's Spiller and Spiller is Spiller and Spiller is going to go Spiller and it's going to be great. Walker clearly is not a finished product and he just is 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 an absolute dog mentality. Yes. And we love that. Like we yeah. we we love that. We've learned we've how many times do you have to be burned by a Keyshawn Vaughn who skipped the majority of the senior bowl just because he felt like Bingo. he didn't have anything else to, to do or prove. And then time and time again, these guys that, 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 that duck events at the combine that skip the senior bowl, that skip the combine or, or manage the process, right. That they don't end up enduring in the way that the guys that just embrace the process and will do it all. Like, I mean, that's really the Jamar chase corollary. Right, you want to? You, you could say you could take the negative side of it and say, "Oh, that's the that's the Laquan Treadwell corollary." Yeah, I'm always trying to fucking avoid Laquan Treadwell. Thank you, but I'm also trying to embrace Jamar Chase, who had nothing to prove, and yet still ran in the forty, still worked out like crazy, did these events um, throughout the process with Rondale Moore and with all those guys in Texas um, at that uh, facility they had down there, um, yeah. and uh, that was huge. That was huge. I, I I currently have like Spiller where it's like, okay, I think he's maybe fine, but I don't think that he's this elite top two, top three running back. And I think it's clear that Brees Hall is number one. I think it's clear that Kenneth Walker is number two. And then we can have a conversation. For right. me, at three right now, it's Rachad White. I mean, I don't have Spiller as my RB3, and I'm not even compelled to move him to, to that spot. The cool thing is that he'll go – uh, RB one, two or three and push down the guys I like to me. And I may end up being wrong. We've been wrong before. I mean, clearly. Right. But I, I'm great with that. I think that the Isaiah Spiller being drafted in the top one, two, three uh, running back spots means that I'm just going to get a player. I like better at a better value more often in my leagues. You want to know why it's easier to maintain a championship level super team in super flex. Because of Kenny Pickett. Because <laughs> at they push down the good players. The 112, you can usually yes. get really good players there. 
Yes. Right. So yes. this year, who's that going to be? It could be Ritter. You could get Pickens. You could get Corral. Yes. There's going to be probably a quarterback available there. Right. Yep. There, yes. Sam Darnold was a top three quarterback in the draft, and he was available at that pick five years ago. Yeah. Um, so Matt Corral could be that guy. He could be that essentially. Josh Allen Sam was Darnold. there. Right? Yeah. Josh Allen fell to that area. So yeah. on principle, you get a first round quarterback. You're going to push the button there. That's Desmond Ritter, whoever it is, right? But you know, your consolation prize is uh, could be Chris Olave, it could be Rashad White, it could be George Pickens. Um, right. So that's why that's why it's Superflex. It's it's better because it doesn't quite punish the winning teams as much. Where totally. in, in a single quarterback, you'd be looking at all you know Brian Robinson, and then it's like, oh right. fuck, man, really? Like God, <laughs> win the championship, yes. you fuck me. Um, Ryan Robinson yeah. is going to be fine. He's going to get you 200 carries, but he's not going to have the upside of like a Rashad White, who is electric. I think they're very similar. We have Spiller higher because he's so much younger um, and still projected to get more capital uh, in the draft. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a, but it, I think that Rashad Matt, actually, White could do like an Antonio Gibson early third round slot. I think that would make sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Matt, one of the uh, one of the hacks is, it, you know, there's so much super flex played and most of the guys you're playing with are super flex uh, dynasty players. If you're in a one quarterback league, you know, you always look to trade your late first for a good player and people misappropriate the value of that late first. Oh, yeah. And you're o- almost always able like I, I traded the 112 for Elijah Mitchell in a one quarterback. league. Oh, easy. You know, it's like, right. Too it's like easy, fucking man. a Too easy. Bruh. I mean, such a great trade. You know, because someone said, oh, first rounder. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to get first rounder. For-. It's like, no, it's not even a first rounder. It's fucking Brian Robinson. Have him. Right, yeah, exactly. Enjoy, so. uh, you know, <laughs> you know, fingers crossed. Jameson Williams is there. It's like, what? Yeah. Whomever. Right. Good job. But um, so so I, I interrupted you a little bit with that, with that little take. Tell me about your Rashad White, um, Isaiah Spiller, uh, you know, quandary. Is there one for you or are you – uh, all in one over the other. They're similar guys, but it, it's, you know, one guy is a lot younger um, and has more upside. Yeah, true. Uh, and that's Spiller yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. And and that's it. You know, I don't think either of them are as elusive as, let's say, the the, the, the top two guys. They're not, they're not the tackle breakers. They're not as elusive. Um, you right. could probably say that Zamir White could be, is a better runner than those guys. Uh, but yeah. Rashad White has the, the pass catching skills. He has the size. He checks a lot. He's a real box stuffing player um, yeah. in a lot of in a lot of ways. Little upright, um, not yes. the you know, not the 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 uh, high pedigree sort of recruit prospect. Yes. He's not going to have the quite the capital. But this is these yeah. are the guys. Right. So you could look back. Yep. And a couple of years ago, if you let's say you took T. Higgins, you're happy. You took Michael Pittman, you're yes. happy, right? Good, good job. Yes. Um, but remember, at that pick, like early second round in Superflex, and also uh, early second round, even in one quarterback, uh, Antonio Gibson was there. And uh, so that's the thing is like you really can't go wrong chasing these guys that have these 85th percentile speed scores, burst scores with, you know, a 30 catch season on their resume. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a straightforward, easy, high floor play. 
And where we disagree with the market or with the public is that, you know, you're going to get a lot of people with because the name recognition and the college football heads that are in Dynasty, they're going to say, oh, you got to get Pickett here, right? Or you got to mm. go Olave here, right? You got to. Um, and then we say, you know what? Like, it's a rare thing that you can get a guy in a rookie contract with this athletic profile and this skill set. It's actually a lot easier to replace the production in the next three years you're going to get from, you know, Pickett, Olave, et cetera, than it is from Rashad White, assuming Rashad White gets drafted in day two. Yes, of course. So, uh, this the, is always the, the gigantic yeah, asterisk yeah, of, of draft capital. Of course, of course, of course. Of course. Of if course. he goes <laughs> in the fifth round, it's a different story. Change okay, the fight. he's going to fall yes. in the rankings, whatever. But the word right. is that the NFL is starting to really come around on yes, White. So that's that's right. really good news. Rashad White and Zamir White, the Whites, the White brothers. Yes. So it's good. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's 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 where I'm at. I I it's it'd be contrarian, and that's why you subscribe to our rankings. Like our our rookie rankings are valuable because you get to see, oh, wait, they have Rashad White ahead of these receivers? It's like, yeah, dude. That's why we had Javante Williams ahead of Devontae Smith last year, and it wasn't popular, right? That Everyone had Devontae Smith ahead of, I mean, ahead of most people. There was argument whether he should be ahead of Jamar Chase. And we said, no, 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 no. A guy like Javante Williams, yeah. he's more in the conversation of, do you go Mac Jones or do you go Javante Williams? It's not like, do you go right. Javante Williams or Javante Smith? A receiver and then Devontae yes. Smith does the thing where he puts up to 12.5 fantasy points and you can get that fucking shit from Russell Gage. So what the <laughs> hell are you doing? That's right. Yeah. And now you look up and Javante Williams has literally double the lifetime value rating on player profiler that Devontae Smith has. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It sounds like it sounds like our sensibilities are very much the same. Like I go into a dynasty league. Right. I go into I go into a, a rookie draft and I go, okay, even before the quarterbacks and even in a super flex, I'm just like, are there any elite running backs available? I just want to know first and foremost, that's the first question I want to know. Are there? And it's like, oh, Brees Hall? Great. Perfect. Just fucking put him right here. I need to make sure I know where he's at at all times. And then it's like also quarterbacks. And then I'm thinking receivers and tight ends. It's like I don't go the other way. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not considering an elite wide receiver like last year with Jamar Chase. He was an elite wide receiver prospect. So he was in here all by himself. He's all by himself. And then it was the wide receiver. I traded up in a couple leagues. I traded up with one guy. He had two picks and um, I said, I want, he had like the 104 and the 105 in Superflex, right? And I said, I want the 104. And he's like, no, I'll give you the 105. And we kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, he like caved and gave me the 104. And I drafted Jamar Chase. And he was like all exclamation points in the chat, right? He's like, you don't do that. I thought for sure ah. you were gonna go Najee Harris or whatever, and I was like, "Yeah, nah, dude. Um, I was all about I'm all about Chase this year. Uh, sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> like, I also right. if you looked at my team. I have no fucking receivers. Like, right. did you really think like even if like it was close with our lifetime value ratings? Uh, I'm loaded at running back. I'm and, and you know, just because I've talked about this philosophy on a loop for a couple of years on my show." 
doesn't necessarily mean I can't make exceptions when a, a dude comes along that's clearly different. Like, right. and it's not necessarily chasing outliers. Uh, there's no. been plenty yeah. of guys like that taking uh, Kyle Pitts there would have been chasing a historic outlier. Like that's where you have history really fucking working against you. This is right. working against Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase could easily no. be a, a, an awesome, super productive rookie. We've seen plenty of them and you would look up and his lifetime value would be near Najee Harris. And also I'm not competitive this year. If I were a win now team, I would have taken Najee Harris. If I'm a rebuilder, I'm going to take Jamar Chase. It's not a big deal. Like, and and yeah. I was just shocked that he didn't know I was going to go chase that I had been so well known for this doctrine that yes. you must get your bell cow back if available. I'm like, well, no, I'm real. I'm in a rebuild. Like this is Jamar Chase. Like there's all these like factors. This is what we're supposed Correct. to do. We're in yes. Dynasty because it's a fun thought experiment and it's an intellectual exercise. It's not Correct. about fucking looking up an, on a Rolodex or a list of uh, guys and just taking whoever's top of the list. You need to fucking use your brain, dude. Yes. Yes. All the information is still a matter of figure it out yourself. Like there's so many times I'll get a DM or a, you know, something and, and someone's like, should I do this trade? And it's like, Fucking, I don't know. I mean, maybe I think, um, you know, so, and I'm usually or nice. This, I'm actually this. very Are you nice. mad at me. I took yeah. this player over this player. No, I'm not <laughs> right? mad at you. I don't give a shit. Yes. What do you mean? Yeah, who cares? What if you're right? Yeah, what if it's this I mean, player's you know, right? We don't fucking player know. Because in like 60% yeah. of situations, you would go this player, but there's also 40% of situations <laughs> right. you would go that player. Exactly. Yes. It's it's all Jesus yeah. And I love JJ says that very well when he when he breaks it down. He goes, dude, we're just dealing with probabilities. If you don't like that, then don't listen to me because that's what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm not gonna say this guy's gonna be great and that guy sucks. That's not how that's not how it works. Um, you know, because we would have thought that Nikhil Harry was gonna be good. That's why we had him in the top three wide receivers in that class. That's why oh, yeah, some, we did, I took sure. him in one yeah, spot yeah, yeah. as the wide receiver one in his class. Like Yes, we fucked up. It was wrong. But we also weren't like so sure that 100%. He's great. It was like he was an 82%, you know, your breakout finder. It but does this, right? It basically, it, though. That's yes. part of it. That's part of the case for running back is that yes. there's more uncertainty with receivers. More uncertainty. So yes. if you want to protect yourself from this uncertainty, like no one, I mean, I haven't, I don't remember if we have any receivers that are even have Josh Jacobs breakout rating. Uh, because right. as a first round pick at running back, he was such a lock, such an undisputed right. lock, um, that it's just a different calculus, uh, at right. running back. And, uh, yeah, you, yes, it, it's easier. It's, it, I felt comfortable, uh, with Jamar chase, uh, being as close to a can't miss as we've seen, but for sure, but he did, there was a chance miss a full year. He is yes. reliant on his quarterback, getting him the ball. He had all these drops in preseason, like yeah, stranger there's, there's things data points have happened. That scary. Stranger yes. things have happened. Then a top 10 draft pick at, at wide receiver. Flaming out. Flaming out. Devin White. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's actually right. I mean, more surprised. Like, okay. So I put it this way. The Trent Richardson flame out, even though see yeah. he technically broke out in his rookie year. He did. So yes. he didn't actually uh, bust because – but if you ignore his rookie year, imagine my surprise on that versus 
any receiver busting, right? Receiver, the Trent yeah. Richardson thing was so shocking. Yes. Like you're 10 years go by. You're not going to see a Trent Richardson. That's crazy. His failure is a huge outlier. Huge. Right. And thank God for it. Right. Thank God for it. Because then it opened up more value for us. Correct. Yes. What if this guy's the next Trent Richardson? Trent Richardson. They they said that about Jonathan Taylor. Yes. Oh my God. That was rich. Yeah. 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 That was rich. Speaking of busts. Mr. Matt Kelly. But what about Kyron Williams? I mean, you know, if you if you were an anti-Kyron Williams, uh, you know, uh, you know, person going into the combine, it must have been so rewarding to just be like, you know, haha, told you so. But man, I kind of feel bad almost a little bit. But this is like how how far down should we be on Kyron? How far down do you think the NFL will be? Because now, of course, we take this combine results and we couple it with what we think that will be make the draft capital and both of those things are at play when we start to evaluate them going forward. What are your thoughts here with Kyron Williams and how much of a bust he was at the, at the combine? I mean, I don't even know why we're talking about him. Yeah. It's that bad, right? Why even, I mean, so we didn't know it's why the combine is so big. It's like why a guy like Rashad white and Zamir white, they go from maybe they're good to they're definitely probably good. Right. Yeah, and right. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yes. And then Kyron Williams goes from he's maybe good. To he's definitely not. Um, yeah. To maybe he's James White. Maybe. I don't care. It's just not anyone right. I'm interested in. I, why? Yeah. A small, slow satellite back is not yeah. the way to win. So no. it's why Clyde Edwards Hilaire was such a bad pick back in the day. Um, it's why Darwin Thompson was never going to be a fucking thing. Um, and, and just down the board, it's never going to happen. Yep. So I mean, maybe he can be a James Whiteish guy and I, God maybe. bless him. I, I, I wish him all the best, but I would rather have Max Borgie at this point. Cause I don't know how athletic yep. Max Borgie is. Max Borgie, if, if Borgie comes in more athletic, cause he's certainly bigger, he's heavier. He came in at two ten at the combine. Um, if he exceeds what Kyron Williams did in the athleticism at his pro day, Given his stats, I mean, he had a year with 86 receptions, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have him. So it's, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, we, we if you want satellite backs, there's there's plenty of better ones like Jerry and Ely. Okay. Uh, yeah. Even better, Tyler Beatty. Right. It, it gets better and better all the way up to James Cook. If you want to, you want yes. a satellite back, those are your guys. Um, yep. there's plenty to pick from, uh, and you're better off chasing athleticism at running back in round four or five of your draft, uh, usually of a small school guy or a guy that's, you know, for whatever reason, underrated, like, uh, maybe son of a knight or something, yeah. whatever. Like, uh, yeah. I, I would probably rather go in that direction than Kyron Williams. Yeah. So, and I think the I think you're right. I think what's going to happen is there's going to be the residual ADP effect on Kyron mm-hmm. where he's not going to be further down the board. He's probably going to get pushed up into areas where you're like, oh, you took Kyron there. Fuck it. No, you know what I mean? It's just going to be a, a, an auto pass. Like if he were be, if you were going, you know, in the 50s of a rookie draft, you know, somewhere in the fourth, fifth round, like late, I'd be like, 
actually, man, I think he might, you know what I mean? But that's not going to happen because he was sort of in that top first round area. You know, his ADP will slip, but probably late second, early third still even, even if he gets day three cap. And I think that's too rich for me, 100%, no doubt about it. I, I pushed him down near Max Borgie as well, ironically. I'm looking at my rankings right now. He's right in that little, that little range. And I think you're right. I've got it like with Beatty and Sincere McCormick and fuck it. You know, it's like, you know, Damian Pierce and, you know, I mean, there's just plenty of guys that might be of greater value going forward that are going to cost way less. So I might as well take those swings in the fourth, fifth round of rookie drafts than spending a, a, a premium pick. I think there's going to be a wide receiver or maybe even a tight end available in those picks where I'd rather take a flyer there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, round four, round five, probably going running back, you know, the Elijah Mitchell corollary, the James Robinson corollary every year you, I, I say pull the lever uh, and try to hit, you know, three cherries at running back. It, it's almost always a better play than throwing a dart on fucking Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, it really is. So Matt, you're amazing. You, you just gave us so much t- of your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, I, on, on the intro, we kind of, we kind of, we, we forgot to mention it, but you know, Matt is very well known. I'm sure if you listen to my podcast, you already know where you can find Matt. I will tell you every podcast I do, I open up player profiler. I, I open it up, I open up the undroppables too, of course, but you know, I love the work you do. I love the site. It's clean. It's fresh. It's badass. Go to playerprofiler.com. Check out Matt there. You can find him you know, on Twitter, uh, you know, he's the, he's the underscore fantasy mansion. Y'all know him, Matt Kelly. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, any, any parting words, my brother? I don't. Yeah. Fantasy underscore mansion on Twitter. Uh, until I take over the pod father Twitter handle is that's what it is for now. Um, we have some apps too. So in the app store, we have yes, the breakout finder and the new breakout ratings are coming out in the next couple of weeks. We've got to process all the combine results and whatnot. Um, and we have the Dynasty Dominator app, and we're coming out with an Injury Finder app very soon. So be on the lookout for that. Um, so we're going to be up to three apps in the App Store. They're all five bucks, and there may be an extra add-on or two, an extra five bucks. But um, the idea that you can have a Dynasty Dominator app to evaluate trades, look up player values, compare players, and it's five bucks a year, uh, to me, that's that's pretty good value. So we try to give good, good value. Utility. Yeah. I'm not interested in like locking our metrics down. Uh, no one provides the data we provide for free. Um, and with the only reason we can do that is because the advanced tools, Dynasty Deluxe and data analysis are so good that people want to take their game to the next level with those tools. It gives us the ability to keep our metrics on the player pages completely free. Uh, Michael P. Duncan, Matt, is in my ear. He's a producer. He's in the green room. He just let us know, breaking news, live on the air, that Carson Wentz was just traded to the Washington, whatever the hell they call him. No shit. Okay. (laughs) There you go. Hey, our answer, M-E-H. Have a nice day. Am I right now? I'm joking. Actually, I, I don't know, man. This is actually kind of interesting. If you ask me, I'm going to have more thoughts. I think it's good for McLaurin. I think it's great for for the receivers. I think that Carson Wentz isn't dead yet. There's clearly something wrong with him. If you when you land on your third team, but you know Taylor Heineke, not not great either. Uh, I think he's more mobile than Wentz, and so maybe we're going to probably see some more Heineke this year. 
uh, whether Wentz gets hurt again or, you know, he gets yanked. But initially, it is an upgrade for McLaurin. So that is good. McLaurin was really, I mean, look at McLaurin's fantasy points per game last year. He is a stud, right? McLaurin is one of these guys that loves the game, has the speed, has the fluidity. Um, Clearly, he's also become a technician. Yes. He's a dope receiver. He's that's right. He can win in the oh. in the mid range. He can run routes, and he can also win over the top and in contested catch. Fantastic. He's a really yes, sixteen hundred really plus fantastic. air yards last year, but only a thousand yards. He's one of the league leaders in unrealized air yards. He's number three in the league in unrealized air yards. So this is going to come down. The unrealized air yards will come down. The actual yards and touchdowns will go up with Wentz. Yep. So got to give McLaurin a boost. Uh, you give. Uh, give uh, Antonio Gibson a little mini boost. Uh, yeah. But um, mo- mostly, nice mostly boost, McLaurin, actually. maybe a little bit of a boost for Logan Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Deami Brown's not dead yet. Could happen. Not yet. Probably not, but could happen. Probably so it, it's, it's not awesome. It's not world renowned news. Uh, it's not no. something to, 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 to stop the show over or anything. But as an addendum to the show, as a little, oh, by the way, yes. I think this is perfect. Correct. And right. uh, good for Washington. They're going to be competitive in this division now, more competitive than they were. They're certainly in line to be challenging the Eagles for second place. And it takes Deshaun Watson off the table, which we knew was not really an option. And so now Correct. it's down to uh, Panthers, the Bucks, and the Seahawks. Well, it's very exciting also for all these Washington fans who literally loathe Carson Wentz to now have to cheer for him. That'll be fun to watch those pretzels get woven. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're gonna have to, oh, yeah, they yeah. hate this motherfucker. Isn't that like when McNabb yeah. went there? Yeah, it's going to be awful for them. It's going to be going to be great. Did McNabb it's be go fantastic. to Washington? I, th- I remember yeah. him in a Washington jersey. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so they, they, there's some there's some precedent for this. Uh, former oh, Eagles be quarterback so landing in Washington. So good. Wentz has I no can't excuses. Wait. Gotta... He has a he has an alpha receiver. He has a, a, a workhorse running back, a yep. a good offensive line, tight end, defense. Like you know, uh, let's see it. He is no excuses. This is it. Yeah, let's this see is it. it. Very unlikely so, that he does anything. Very, very unlikely that he's yeah, worth a damn though. I I totally agree. Although my uh, my opportunity to trade him away in Dynasty survives one more one more one more moment. Uh, but Matt, thank you so much, man. You're awesome. Like I said, uh, really appreciate you coming on. I know you uh, you know time is of the essence for you. You're a busy person as am I. So I really appreciate taking the time. It was a lot of fun. I could talk to you all day. People could probably listen to us talk all day, uh, but unfortunately, we can't do that. So uh, thank you so much, man. We'll see you. On behalf of everybody here at The Undrafted, on behalf of everybody here at The Undroppables, on behalf of the no longer loving Carson Wentz, Philadelphia Eagle fan, bearded Michael P. Duncan, the greatest producer in all the land, on behalf of the great Matt Kelly, I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. Out.